0: One Podcast Mining the Magic the Gathering Subreddits for Salt This is The Howling Salt Mine It's the Howling Salt Mine The Howling Welcome back, everybody, to the Howling Salt Mine Podcast, the podcast where we are delving into the salty minds of the Magic: The Gathering subreddits, trying to find those salty posts and then bringing them to you, our listener. And also, we're getting those salty letters, those salt encrusted letters, coming Ooh. to us from <laughs> you to the mine. Encrusted, encrusted they are. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> we're chiseling them out yeah <laughs> <laughs> and reading those salty stories as always i am your host sam and i'm joined with my co-host tony say hey tony
1: hey co-hostess with the
0: mostest <laughs> you certainly are this week <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mike's not here with us this week. He is like, I think he has like another wedding or something that he's going to. I feel really? like he's been to like five weddings in the last Fucking one month. wedding boy. Mr. Yeah. Popular over here. I guess so. Well, fuck him. Yeah.
1: Why wasn't I his plus one? That's the real question.
0: <laughs> and why wasn't I his plus two? Yeah, <laughs> like
1: for <laughs> real. I feel like uh, you and I would be great plus ones for him. I know Mika's around, but we'd put out. It'd be fun.
0: That'd yeah, dude, good. totally.
1: Hey, good night, and I fucking slay on the dance floor. Yeah, like
0: you and I. It, <laughs> if anyone out there needs two people to make your wedding like a million times better, Tony and I will literally dance all night on the dance floor. I will dance until I'm like injured,
1: dude. Same. I like. I literally am known as a hype man at the weddings I go to. Yeah, although That's I do awesome. have to give it to uh, Caroline, Sam's <laughs> my, wife, my who wife. actually broke her foot at a dancing. wedding dancing. <laughs> was that at the turn down the what? And she just. Yeah, like...
0: It was turned down for what, and she like jumped up in the air and came down and just like broke her foot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking amazing. Uh, she will hate that I'm talking about this, but she doesn't listen to the podcast so hey (laughs) oh man yeah that was that was uh oh man whose wedding was that that was our friend scott's wedding oh
1: tony and i used to sing
0: with in college
1: hell yeah in that mystical uh quartet that if y'all find (laughs) yeah good on you yeah good on you if you can find videos of it
0: yeah (laughs) uh please don't dox us. Okay.
1: <laughs> I do want to know if you find it though, because yeah, I actually you're true. good at the internet if you found it.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you find it, keep it to yourself. It's like a, it's like a, um, it's an achievement. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like unlocked. finding a golden ticket, you know? Well, like, yeah. <laughs> like you're not going to go share it with a bunch of people. You're just going to bring your one weird grandpa and, uh, get killed by candy. I don't know. The metaphor yeah. is totally crumbling at this point. Yeah. Well, yeah, so it's just the two of us today, and we're gonna be it's the two of us. we can make we, it, we we try. Try. you and I. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of impromptu singing. Say, but Mike's like not here to stop us from singing, so like... Yeah, just means we get to be like unhinged little goblins over here. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Sam and Tony app. We're keeping the crazy goal. shit. Yeah, everything stays. In that case, Mike fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Look how much fun we have when he's not here. It's so much better when Mike's not around. Right, Sam? Right? Yeah. Look how nice I'm being to Tony. When when Mike is here, I have to be mean to Tony (laughs) as part of like the comedy thing. But Mike makes me do it. Oh, what a fucking dick. I know. He texts me beforehand and he's like, are you ready? And I'm like, do I really have to this time? And he's like, dude, you know you have to. And I'm like, come on, man. Then he makes me do it every time (laughs) (laughs) oh man so so let's get into it let's talk about some salty posts huh let's do it but sam what the fuck is salt great question tony thank you i'm glad you asked it (laughs) salt is frustrations in the game you know it's when someone sits down to your pre-con game with a cdh deck and pub stomps you it's when someone Mm. says i'm just playing a seven and they open with a savannah a mana crypt and just fucking start like blasting down stacks pieces.
1: It's a uh, tropical Island into a mystic remora. Oh yeah. <laughs> or a mana crypt too. And instead they're, they're hitting a, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, a ristic study. turn yeah. one. <laughs> Cause as we know, blue is a trash color for trash
0: players. Uh, salt is also, it's just when like things don't match up with power levels and it feels bad. Or maybe you feel like you weren't very, strong at the table but other people are perceiving you as a threat for some reason and going in on you um you know there's a lot of things that cause frustrations in this in this lovely game that we treasure and Mm -hmm. enjoy yeah for realsies we're gonna talk about them we're gonna fucking talk about some of that shit today hell (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) motherfucker
0: motherfuckers Mike isn't around, so we can swear as much as we want. Piss! <laughs> <laughs> right into it. That's what I like. Love yeah, that. just getting right in there. Well. Um, and let's get right in there. Hell yeah. Seamless transition. We're fucking pros here. Yeah, we're crushing it. Um, <laughs> so we are going to kick this off with a Reddit post. Ooh. And this one comes to us from the EDH subreddit from user... Rannis the Slayer. If you see them, give them an upvote, you know, spread that goodwill. The post is titled, Understanding Players Who Enjoy Making Others Miserable. I
1: like that as a start. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's a heavy topic. Yeah. And the post goes, I'm a member of a certain extremely large Facebook group for Commander. I joined it some years ago because the professor mentioned it in one of his videos, so I thought I'd give it a go and lurk. These days, it feels like an endless sea of people asking for how to make decks that make their opponents miserable. Today, there is a certain post asking for strategies around not upsetting opponents with their strategies. And general mentality of comments are such as, fuck etiquette, welcome to the Thunderdome. (laughs) Mater is at least where I play cutthroat as it gets. You start politics, we're going to politic. You play combo, we play combo. It's not tea time for me. I like making it as miserable as possible for my opponents. If you want etiquette, go to a tea party. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Or other comments like, nothing. If it's legal, it's fair game. Anyone that would disagree with you is just a crybaby. Play all the MLD, play all the stacks. Just don't get salty when you get targeted down. That's our general rule of thumb in my group. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Is this your group, Sam? (laughs) It's me. (laughs) Uh, And then the post keeps going. What makes people enjoy causing their opponents to have a bad time? Why would you spend thousands of dollars on this hobby, this format, just to make other people have a bad time? You can do that for free. <laughs> I love that justification. How true! Yeah. How true! <laughs> wow, that's a bit to unpack there. Uh, just to shoot for an answer of that question up top: Why do players enjoy this? I think there's just something about making other people like tilted and frustrated that can be like funny and enjoyable. You know, I mean, I I think people can get that on like a level with their friends sometimes, like you know, if you're beating your friend in a video game and like trash talking a little bit, like that can be fun, you know? Mm. Um, And it often is fun. Like we do that in our group and it's like really funny and we're all laughing and like kind of getting a rise out of a person and it's kind of all in good fun. And then some people don't stop at their friend group with that stuff and they do it to like (laughs) strangers in real life. And they think it's really funny (laughs) when people get mad. But the thing when, with, when you do it with your friends is it's like, you know, you're still friends. When you yeah. do it with a random person, <laughs> you're just like an unhinged dickhead. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's interesting. I, I think you're definitely on to something there because it's. I, I feel like I almost think of it in like, video games too when given the option everyone likes to choose the dark ending or choose to play like the villain for some portion of the game (laughs) and like that's kind of the villain of this game right (laughs) like all those different things that make people really upset like they're definitely like vilified in that sense and so i think people just fucking get off to it they're like oh yeah like (laughs) i could see them writhing in their chair yeah like as i'm building the deck and it's like i i like it i like with that feeling (laughs) it's dark and it's unknown to a lot of us but like it's there everyone's got a little bit of it in their soul but some let it rise to the
0: top you know (laughs) yeah i mean it it's true man you know um some people do love that stuff (laughs) and like if the game is right, I fucking love that shit, man. I was gonna like, say Sam's great. trying
1: not to identify too closely because
0: yeah. <laughs> as a strong stacks player, he's like yeah fucking I, I, loves that feeling when a stacks piece hits support. Oh, dude, I mean, yeah, you caught me. Like stacks, <laughs> I do love playing stacks, and there's there's nothing like dropping a stacks piece and just seeing like the light leave your friend's eyes. <laughs> like, <laughs> but oh, but the key man. there is I have told you that i'm playing a stacks deck and you know it's coming you know it's another thing when you're like surprising random people out in the wild and being like hey i'm gonna like force this experience on you at least you know what you're getting into when i bust out like my marath stacks deck in a cdh game you know for sure yeah
1: i know that you're just gonna like try and go off and not win and it's fine
0: yeah i'm just gonna try to drag the game out As long as possible, you know, (laughs) Uh, because that's fun for me. And that's
1: all that (laughs) matters. Number one. Exactly. They do kind of point to that fact, I think, at at one stage in the post where it's like they said, like, those are the rules in this like meta. Yeah. If I sit down to play and everybody's like, yeah, we're going to play a casual game. Like I got nothing crazy going on. And then they're whipping out like fucking annoying ass stacks and all that bullshit. Then I'm like, all right. Fuck you.
0: Yeah. But if they like at least
1: say it beforehand, I'm not like, I'm not mad at them in the moment. You know, I'm like, all right, well, you said you're going to do it and now you're doing it. So like, I can't be that bad. Cause yeah. like, I like told I elected to play with you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that is a really funny thing in this post that like second example says like play all the MLD, play all the stacks. Just don't get salty when you get targeted down. And Ooh. then it says that's our general rule in my group. It's like, Oh, Interesting. You're basically starting that that thing off. And I think these are, you know, somewhat hyperbolic. Uh, I don't know if they're direct quotes. I don't think that they are, but yeah, they're starting off this uh, example saying like, there's no fucking rules. Whatever's legal is fair game. And then at the end, they're like, those are the rules that my group has agreed to. Yeah. And, and I <laughs> right. think that a lot of people don't make that connection. Like a lot of these people who do want the Thunderdome, they do want it to just be like super cutthroat, like. You have probably in some way come to that agreement with your group. Like that is an agreement, you know, that like you did it. You already made that and your group decided on that. Doesn't mean everyone did. For sure.
1: I gotta, I gotta highlight this quick though. If I ever sit down and I'm like, welcome to the Thunderdome. Um, yeah. i've done it right <laughs> like, i'm living <laughs> if i can ever sit down at a table and just be like look at people seriously in the eye and be like welcome, welcome to, to the, the thunderdome Thunder Dome. like what is your deck that you would sit down and like say that with <laughs> oh man um i don't know i'm hoping it's my new deck actually <laughs> yeah that would be the most like welcome to the thunderdome deck i'm building like a.
0: Do you want to talk about it
1: yeah i'll be talking about it a little bit not yeah. like a ton but like i'm gonna build this uh, Yearlock of scorched thrash deck that is like it's mana burn so like back in the day it used to be that if you didn't spend mana and you had it in your mana pool you would take fucking damage for it and then yeah so i don't know good. when they ruled it out or were like this is stupid probably when people started doing broken stuff and tapping other people's lands and they couldn't <laughs> spend it and then like they were like oh you die to mana burn Uh, I think there was, like, some really powerful decks in, like, the beginning of Magic's time doing that kind of stuff. And so they, like, kind of got rid of mana burn. But relatively recently, uh, they printed a card that, like, reintroduces it
0: uh, as the commander. I think it was Commander Legends, right?
1: I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, it was Commander Legends. But basically, the creature, like, taps and adds mana to everyone's mana pool. And so my hope is to like untap a billion times and like fucking mana burn everyone down. But also it's going to have a lot of stacks pieces that are tolerable. So it's like you have to pay life for things.
0: Yeah, more like tax pieces, like strictly tax.
1: Exactly. So it's like people will have to um, pay life to use mana, like mana barbs, some of these like older cards that have (laughs) a little bit of a janky templating. And then also there's some where it's like, if a land enters the battlefield and opponents control tap all lands they control. So it's like you still get all that mana, but you, now you have to spend it at like the beginning of your turn, right? As yeah, opposed like to like being to keep things up. So it'll be not as bad, but it's definitely the kind of deck I feel like I could sit down and be like,
0: welcome to the Dome." Welcome to the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of my super powerful decks are either not something that interacts enough with my opponents to give that Thunderdome vibe. Like Gave, for example. Gave, like, I just, like, am doing my own shit. You know, it's a powerful deck, but yeah. But
1: your own shit is winning. (laughs) You're just winning in
0: like a couple turns. It wins hard and fast.
1: I think you could say welcome to the Thunderdome with that one,
0: too. Also, don't come at me for pronouncing it like Gave. If you pronounce it like Gave, you are an insane person (laughs) and you're wrong. Has someone added you for that? Truthfully, that is how it's supposed to be pronounced is Gave. Oh, really? Isn't that horrible? Like Dave. It is. I've never called it that,
1: but I don't know if it's because you called it that, and so I've always called it that.
0: (laughs) I just feel like the name needs to be more fantastical, like Gave, you know? Oh, yeah,
1: no. I mean, that sounds way more fantastical.
0: Yeah. Gave? Like Gave is awful. Um, Gave sounds like your weird neighbor that lives upstairs or something. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Lives in, like, the basement of your apartment building. Mm. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that deck could be thunderdome in that it's, like, can you stop me from popping off and winning maybe my Roger Arden deck, because it is like really aggressive yeah, and much like Thunderdome. I'm like grabbing chainsaws off the walls and just like fucking coming <laughs> at people yeah. with a ton of equipment. I'm
1: just imagining when I hear that, like I'm going to feel some kind of pain when this deck yeah. comes down. And so like, those are the kinds of decks I classify as welcome to the Thunderdome.
0: I feel like Rafik is gently in that category. Like Rafik. Rafik doesn't really pop off hard. He just, at some point, I just knock someone out in a single hit.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the, I'm, I'm envisioning the Thunderdome. It's kind of almost like Ratchet and Clank in my head,
0: yeah. uh, which is a
1: great old school video game. <laughs> it's like one of the Love fighting Ratchet arenas. Clank. And like, you know, you've got all these like crazy opponents and there's like a teddy bear in the corner and you're like, oh, why is that here? So you're messing with everything else. And all <laughs> of a sudden you turn around the teddy bear like a fucking grizzly bear with a chainsaw and you're dead. <laughs> You turned around because it's, like, gutting you. yeah. And so, like, that, that's Rafiq in my
0: mind in the Thunderdome. Well, that's the beauty of Rafik is that if I start focusing on another opponent, I'm not your problem until that opponent's dead, you know? yeah. Like, if I start attacking Mike, like, generally speaking, you and Nick aren't going to come for me.
1: Oh, yeah. That's why I'm just sitting there crossing my fingers because the first bit of damage is it'll only be like four
0: or so. But it dictates who I'm going to go for. Exactly.
1: <laughs> because then the next hit is usually for like 17, which is not enough to one-shot someone else. So it's like, well, guess the person who's marked. I gotta like kill him. <laughs> like, oh my man. favorite thing
0: with that deck is when I can use it politically where I'm like... Guys, just let me resolve some of these spells, and I can take that arch enemy out. And yeah. everyone's like, "Yeah, do it, Sam." And then I do it, and I—it's like I turn around with a loaded gun, and I'm like, it's "Now yeah. for you!" <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um,
1: should we should we full circle? What is the what do you think about the salt rating on this post?
0: <laughs> oh man, the salt is the salt is real. I mean, it's one of those things where like people giving these comments on the internet, I don't know if they truly feel that way in real life, you know what I mean? Yeah, like part of me thinks that it's kind of being hyperbolic and there sometimes people use the internet and being anonymous as an excuse to like kind of be a little bit of a crazier version of themselves or or a little bit of a wilder version of themselves. Mm. Maybe that's what's going on here, but you know, there there truthfully are some people out there that just do love to see other people have a bad time and they get a lot of joy out of that. I I might feel that way with my friends sometimes, but I never really feel that way with strangers. <laughs> That's like, like I think we've talked about it before where we'll all be super salty when we're playing against each other. And then I'm like really polite when I play with strangers. Um, mm. Unless Tony and I are on a stream together. Then we become like unhinged <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like swearing and attacking each other and getting super salty.
1: Well, I, I get, but that's almost like a comforting <laughs> factor, right? Of it's like, well, I know Sam, so I'll attack Sam. Totally.
0: And then I'm like, what, you going to attack me?
1: We do it because we love each other, even though it's it sounds true. like we fucking hate each
0: other. It's like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> it's coming hot. What do you think about this salty post?
1: Uh yeah, I mean I I just think it's like real salt. Like I've felt that salt, but I think the most important thing that we touch on here is like the knowledge of what's going to happen. Yeah. Being aware is always what eliminates that salt for me. So I feel like anytime I'm playing with new players, I'm I'm always pretty good about that. Within my own pod, I'm I'm probably pretty bad at that. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> This deck does like a thing. I think like it'll hopefully work. I feel like half the time is because I don't really know because I feel like I'm, I only play new decks with you guys. So it's like, at it the time. I don't know. It's going to fuck you all up. And then it does. And it's because you don't goldfish upset. your decks.
0: You don't realize that it's going to pop off on turn four and kill that all is of us.
1: totally true. Like I literally, <laughs> I'm like goldfishing. What's that fucking shit? It works or it doesn't. And I have had a few times where like I've made a new deck and it just like didn't work oh yeah definitely and so when that happens I either get rid of the deck or I change it (laughs) but that's the only time I edit a deck
0: I feel like your Zabaz deck only just worked for the first time ever like you'd played it It a couple other times and you were like this deck is bad yeah (laughs) and you finally popped off yeah I didn't know what was happening either and that was part of the problem (laughs) but we already talked about that
1: so we won't talk about that yeah refer to some
0: previous episode whichever the one that was yeah <laughs> well to Ranis the slayer you know just keep doing your own thing the internet is a wide and vast ocean with many different types of fish in it and yeah. some of those fish are the asshole fish and they're just going to be like a dickhead randomly and also some people like to be like acting tough that they don't give a fuck and don't give a shit about the rules. And those are also probably the same people that try to pub stop. And when you like remove anything of theirs, they flip out and walk out of the store. So, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> for real, <laughs> it's the way it goes. Another, another one. So this is a salty story that we got from one of our patrons. Patreon.com slash Howling Come on in, join. We got a little discord. We got extra episodes every month. A um, little extra content from us. You can listen to the Lost episode. It's only seven bucks a month. If you like the show, you want it, us to keep doing it and make it better, then, uh, you know, think about it. And this story comes to us from our buddy Vok. Hey. What up, dude? <laughs> what is the up? <laughs> and this story is titled, Am I the Asshole? Maybe. (laughs) 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 And it goes. Salty Council. I have a friend I play with weekly. He's a coworker that we invite out to our LGS. His most played decks are Slivers, two different Sliver decks. And he also has a Sir Conrad and a Nathroy Apex of Death deck, all of which are fairly strong, especially for our meta. As a group of friends, we decided to try something new recently. We all got assigned a color. It was given to us based off our least favorite color decided by the group. And the goal was to make a monocolor deck with a budget of less than $100. Sounds kind of like our Secret Santa thing that we just did. Yeah. So he showed up with a red goblin deck headed by Krenko, mob boss. It immediately gave me nostalgia to my first deck, but I know better than to let a goblin deck slide. I had been assigned green, so I made a Finn the Fangbearer deck. Oh, Oh, (laughs) baby. (laughs) Two very powerful decks here, uh, or two very powerful commanders. Um, Very early on, he started popping off. I dumped my hand in order to kill him, which caused me to eventually lose the game. We continued playing games, and he didn't win a single one that night. As we were leaving, I thought, I don't remember the last time he won a game. I asked a mutual friend of ours, and they said, I don't either. You usually pub stomp him out first every game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, Valk. (laughs) Oh dear. That upset me because I don't ever try to pub stomp. I am actively against it. But I'm known to build strong decks. I'll build it, play it, figure out it's too strong for the meta, and then retire it or bust them out occasionally just for a good old 3v1. I have a bag of decks I don't play. Nine right now that just sit in a bag that I don't bring to the LGS. The question is, am I unfairly targeting him or am I using proper threat assessment to eliminate the prime target? If left unchecked, he would win every time, in my opinion. Or does him building decks that are strong give justification for him to be targeted and I just happen to be the source of his demise? Oh man,
1: I feel like that's Nick's problem.
0: Yeah, it sort
1: of is. Like in our meta, like, Nick builds really strong decks, but he loses a lot of the time because we always focus him out because <laughs> he builds these decks that were like, if you let it go unchecked, you just lose like yeah. all, all of his decks kind of in a similar play pattern. And I, I feel like he tends to um, come out the gate first. I think recently he's thought about that a lot because he knew it was a big problem and has like changed how he played and like maybe how some of his more recent decks build yeah. uh, to counteract that. But it's kind of the interesting question of like, does this person have the forethought to like know that that's happening or do they just feel like they're getting targeted and like feel bad? Uh Because yeah. you're probably doing the right thing, right? Cause a critical deck left unchecked will annihilate the table. Definitely. Uh, but you know, how do you, how do you find the way to strike the balance to either say it out loud? Like maybe that that's like a way to be like, Hey, like, your deck's super cool, but it's also super powerful, so I'm going to kill you. <laughs>
0: like... I do wonder if that's an element of it. Like, you, you know, this question sort of like, it kind of makes me think of like, how do you rise up beyond the reputation you have in a play group? You know, mm. it's sort of like what you're talking about with Nick. Like Nick has this reputation of making powerful decks. We focus him down. This guy has a reputation of making really powerful decks. And it's coupled with seeing a commander that you know is powerful, especially when you've piloted that, yeah. you know, is really strong. Like if I came up against somebody playing agave deck, I would be like, okay, like that needs to be dealt with, you know? Yeah, for like sure. No one plays agave deck because they're going to do like value sapperling strategies, <laughs> um, or maybe some people do, but very, very few And, like, nobody plays Krenko Mob Boss without wanting to make, like, a metric fuck ton of goblins, you know? Yeah, for sure. Part of me does wonder if, like, the outcome would have been different if this Krenko... If you only use, like, a little bit of removal on this Krenko player. Like, Vox said that they dumped their hand in order to kill him. And it sort of makes me think, like, okay, well, what if you just drop, like, one or two removal pieces and then sort of let the Krenko player snowball up a bit more? And become a problem, like worst case, you lose the game, right? yeah, worst case you lose the game, but now everybody knows that that deck is like a menace and needs to be dealt with. Yeah. best case, they become a bit of a menace on board. everybody sees it, and then they kind of pile on that person,
1: but also best case you get to you get to like win because yeah, totally he like said he like it cost him the game because he dumped like his hand yeah. to like take out his other player right
0: that's a good point too like like that kind of play to win mentality, like at a certain point you sacrifice your own ability to win to make someone else lose. And, you know, it could be circumstance, like who knows what, what's really going on with like the details of the game. But to me, that moment speaks of like, maybe you went too far and you could have done less. I also wonder if the Cranko player had become more of an obvious threat and the other two people at the table were like, yo, that deck is a problem. Now, you don't have to use as much removal to deal with it. Now that perception of you like pub stomping someone out isn't really there. Yeah. Like if we played a game and you just started focusing me like crazy because I was playing Rafik or something and everyone else was like, what are you doing (laughs) versus me getting really powerful and like doing a big move on the table. And then you're like, oh shit, everybody, this needs to be dealt with. And now everyone's attacking me. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And in fairness, I, I totally get the snowball thing because the problem is, yeah. like, usually by the time the rest of the table gets it, it's kind of too late. That's my favorite style of deck to try and build, yeah. uh, <laughs> which I feel like is what I usually try and do, where it's like I get to a board state where it's like, it doesn't seem like much, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, no, this is a problem. But, like, I just have too many pieces to yeah, remove it's and be stopped. Like
0: You are good at building those decks. Right? And, and that is, I think that's one of the reasons why, your win rate is so high because those decks they don't have obvious moments where it's like oh shit this is the moment that that needs to be dealt with you know what i mean yeah like rafine is a really good example where it's like okay tony's making some like kind of shitty tokens okay like pumped one up to like a four four he's got like three tokens and then a couple turns go by and you're like oh shit like his stuff's getting really big he's doing like graveyard shenanigans getting
1: big he's drawing five cards a turn yeah like, he's like
0: just cycling yeah. through his deck like crazy and it's like okay like this is a problem but now i either have to remove rafine the bitter blossom that's making the tokens that's enabling your deck or this like seven seven fairy token that is also a me. problem yeah <laughs> and
1: like yeah
0: <laughs> it's also definitely a problem and it's like all these different pieces um And I'm sure with Krenko, there is a point where there's like a point of no return where it's like, hey, I got to knock this person out or it's just going to be too far. I think every once in a while, there is a greater advantage to letting a powerful piece land or to let an opponent pop off in a powerful way, because what it does is it shifts the group's perception, you know, Mm. like if you knock out Krenko before it gets powerful, like we all know Krenko is powerful but being able to see the potential of the deck actually pop off. Now everybody like has experienced it, you know? And the next time maybe you lose that first game against Krenko, but you're not going to lose the second or the third because now all three players are focused on stopping that one person. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes you just let that person run. I like to do that. Especially if I'm like, yo, Nick is the problem. And you and Mike are like, no, I don't think he is. I'll just be like, "Cool, I'm not going to waste my removal. I'll let Nick become a bigger problem, and then we'll all realize that he's a problem and we need to deal with him."
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is the thing. Like kind of I think the real thing you're getting at is almost just like just let it happen.
0: Yeah, let like it Like if you
1: if you're fearing that you're either getting a reputation for something like that or you actively know it's happening just fucking let it happen a few times and then pretty soon everyone else you're, you're right like yeah i feel like that happened with me with Bruvac, constantly oh yeah I, like i was scared of the mill deck and so i would always attack it which made me always targeted first and so sam and mike were never they were like well, he's not even targeting us like we don't care if it Bruvac's billy <laughs> like whatever uh and so i got myself into this vicious cycle of like I should have just let things lie because then Nick wouldn't have felt so obligated to target me. Uh, and I would have like been able to get some more sympathy from the table. <laughs> if totally. They like felt some more of the pain. And like now I feel like it ha- we have all like gotten milled pretty hard by it. Oh, so yeah. it's like, there's way <laughs> more fear in, in like our meta when it does come down.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if, you know, it's not in the post, but I wonder if the situation with Vok And the Krenko player turned into something where, you know, he went hard with the Finn deck and was just like crushing into Krenko. And the Krenko player was like, fuck you, man. I'm going to come right back at you twice as hard. And maybe that led to him dying. Um, And I think you do open yourself up to like that sort of retribution. And it's justified. You know, if someone's coming at you, you got to you got to go back at them. Um,
1: Never let it die. Swing at them until you lose the game for it
0: <laughs> if and if you do it too early, the other two people are just like, sweet i'll I'm cool back here. I'm just gonna coast yeah, like, I'll let you chin. guys fucking do it like that happens a lot in our pod where where <laughs> a so feud breaks really. out, and the other two people are just like, I'm chilling. I'll just wait for this to be done i I
1: feel like we've we've all gotten or tried to get a little bit better about that, but now what happens yeah. is it's like someone swings at someone for one and then someone else swings at someone for four because someone swung at them for one. And so the person that got hit, is now like, all right, well you hit me for a bigger number. So now I'm going to hit you again. Cause that like makes sense. (laughs) So it's still happening, even though like it used to just be that I would, it was me, I would have a blood feud and I'd be like, I'm swinging at this person until they're dead. Uh, And now it just almost happens more naturally, but it's still because like, so it's an interesting dynamic we've created no one's the bigger person in our meta is what i'm trying to say
0: (laughs) totally no one is and we also have this dynamic now that i'm noticing where we try to draw attention to people's decks way too early like i'll be playing alesha and i'll drop out like some card that is good but isn't good right now with my board state and someone will be like Oh, Sam is setting up. That's going to be a problem over there. We got to deal with that now. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything. And then because they're pointing at me, I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm going to like start attacking you. And that like kicks a feud off, you know? Yeah,
1: for (laughs) sure. The problem is like, because we have such an insulated meta, like with someone like Alesha, any card you play we're gonna be like oh he's gonna get generals and force her out and then <laughs> yeah. like we can't we, we lose the game <laughs> which isn't totally true but it's sort yeah. of true like
0: or, or it's like oh i remember that one time when that one card did a really powerful thing and now i'm yeah. afraid of it and it's For like sure. well like i'm not really doing anything with it right now but uh yeah. but like i understand where you're coming from but i'm not doing anything right now like you, yeah. you, you give me a minute <laughs> what do uh
1: what do we think about the salt rating here
0: um you know you have someone who is being accused of pub stomping but they are actively against that actively removing powerful decks from the meta which i think we've talked about with you uh Maybe in this episode, I have the memory of a goldfish. Or maybe we talked about it <laughs> before we started recording. It's okay. You're a scrub. It's fine. Yeah, they, they, I, know I it. am.
1: they already know it.
0: Yeah, they know I'm extremely professional. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I feel like that's a very courteous move to build a deck and fully retire it because people aren't having fun with it. Yeah. And I think a lot of players wouldn't do that. So for that person to be getting called a pub stomper, we all have like tunnel vision at certain points in magic games where your perception kind of overrides like the reality of the board, you know, like Krenko mm. is so strong. He's about to pop off. I have to fucking do everything I can to kill it. And like, you know, maybe that Krenko wasn't coming at you or maybe someone else had a response in their hand that could have come up. You know what I mean? Like you don't yeah. need to play the the sheriff at the table always. So yeah. I think it's salty. I don't think it's like a full shaker by any means. It feels like a little bit like half salty confessional, half salty story to me.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's like shocking sh- salt. Yeah, it's like I was just shocked when I got my salt because it's like I didn't, I didn't think that was me. Yeah, and then it was me. You looked in the mirror and you saw yourself, <laughs> and you're like, "Fuck."
0: Yeah, like, did I do that? Like, if someone's like, "You made me salty," and you're like, "Me?" Yeah, what? <laughs> me
1: <laughs> and
0: it's literally like
1: maniacal yourself laughing in the mirror like you don't even you can't understand how you got to this place and like what's going on
0: what Such have i a, done yeah My like decisions. a
1: darkness is crawling up inside what, you and it's like, what brought
0: me here yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's some like jekyll and hyde shit going on here for real
1: <laughs> yes that's
0: exactly what it is <laughs> unintended consequences yep well, you know, I mean sometimes it just happens, man. Sometimes you make someone else super salty. Fuck, we know all about that in our group. Yeah. Like it just sometimes
1: happens. you make them salty, sometimes
0: you make them cry.
1: Like, you know, whatever exactly. happens,
0: happens. Exactly. Sometimes you push them down in the mud, take the milk money. Yeah, you note know? to
1: self, never play with Vok. He's gonna fucking uh, pub yeah, stomp me pub out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it
0: was uh, pub stopper. Oh my god. No, dude. we're kidding, Vok. We are kidding um well I'm, you know i'm not so, kidding i won't play with you i'm scared I, <laughs> Tony, <laughs> I feel like sometimes being aware of those situations especially to this degree like helps resolve them so you know we'll see what happens like worst case you just lose you lose a couple games to this person
1: be the change you want to see in the world baby
0: oh man mike commented in this thread on our discord and since he's not here i'm going to read his comments so oh. we have We have his contribution to the episode. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) If
1: he agrees with us. Lay it on me. It's going to be a completely different tangent than what we said.
0: (laughs) Mike says, there's always a balance between threat assessment and going for your own win. If you feel like you routinely stop a specific player, consider just focusing on going for your own win for a few games. Doesn't have to be full on solitaire, but instead of asking, how can I stop the other players at my table from winning? You can try, how do I make sure that I can win and not die before I can? Mm. Interesting. Are you even trying if it's like not solitaire though? And then Vox says, I find the best way to ensure victory is player removal. <laughs> <laughs> now love that's,
1: it. that's a man after my own heart right there. Yeah, I
0: love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good all righty let's get back into it so i have a message here this comes from one of our listeners and this comes to us via a reddit dm and it is from gosh dang it to heck this is just a great name i love that and gosh dang it to heck says i like it
1: more the second time you said it
0: (laughs) You didn't like my first one?
1: No, I did like it. I just like it grew on me in between the two. <laughs> I was like, Sam's really feeling this yeah, one. And I was. So I was like, I don't know if I feel it that hard. And then you said it again. I was like, mm, okay, okay, I'm okay, coming
0: around. Right. It's pretty I got good. You. Gosh I got dang it you. to heck!
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Gosh dang it to heck! Maybe you got to like really. Gosh dang it to heck! Yeah. Got to say it with some fervor. Yeah. Gosh dang it to heck!
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's that's the one.
0: That's the one. (laughs) Uh, So anyways, they say I was recently playing a game with my friend group that I will acknowledge. I probably should have been less saline about one player was running mono white and managed to board wipe the rest of us five turns in a row. Fucking sorry to cut in here. Fucking that sucks. I mean, does it like. Five turns in a row of board wipes? You don't even get anything else out. Like, what are you even
1: playing on the other turns that they're, no, why are they board point. wiping five times in a row? But yeah, like,
0: it's a little weird. Anywho, but let's keep going. Yeah. Another player's commander and mine got too expensive to cast. And seeing this repeated pattern of draw, play creature, pass, draw, board wipe was dejecting to the point where I had stopped playing permanence after wipe three or so. The worst part was that. I was in Demir, and over the course of the game, managed to not draw a single instant or sorcery of any kind. I got ribbed afterward, asking where my counterspells were. I understand that was my own bad luck. In hindsight, I wonder if my own frustration came from my own inability to interact during this game, rather than the consistent board wipes. Afterward, that player went through their deck, mentioning that he had put 10 board wipes in there. So how many board wipes are too many board wipes?
1: I just vomited
0: in my own mouth a little bit. Yeah, that's too much. Uh, it's funny that Mike isn't here for this episode. Because yeah, right. <laughs> he's like Mr. Boardwipe. he will probably know. say that 10 is fine and that he loves to play against that type of deck. Yeah. He, he's lying, folks. He does Meanwhile, not.
1: Meanwhile, I'm like, zero is probably too many. <laughs> Although I've started running a couple.
0: Yeah, I feel like three to four is where I like to sit. I feel like five or six used to be the old golden rule. Maybe when like decks were less consistent and things were more like battle cruisery and the overall like expanse of the game, like the average player. I feel like most people play more tuned games now. And um, frankly, I don't think board wipes are as good anymore when people are popping off and busting out fast wins like single target removal is really clutch to remove enablers. And I'd rather have more of that in my deck than a single wipe. Yeah,
1: but no matter what fucking five is way too many goddamn times three like two in a row is too much in my opinion like yeah you board wipe and then immediately board wipe again you're not even getting any fucking value out of it you're just
0: doing it to do it like totally like you would be better off waiting for the table to at least like rotate twice before dropping another one like let everybody play two more creatures instead of just one and then you wipe and at least you're getting like six creatures you know like it's just kind of a that seems like a weird play pattern like, what is the deck even doing? Why do yeah. you need ten board wipes in there?
1: This is the kind of person I don't want to play with. If you if you yeah. sit down to play with me and you say and you're honest and you're like, my deck has ten board wipes in it, I'll be like, okay, do you have another deck? And if they say no, I'll be like, I'm sorry, I just can't.
0: <laughs> I like, be like, do you do you have like a stacks deck or a mill deck? I can yeah, play. Yeah, do against you literally or... like
1: anything else? Do you have like a
0: Turgrid deck in that in that box yeah, that you can just bust out? I really don't want to play turd... against the ten board wipes. <laughs> I still want to be here all day. Yeah, I think I would take literal anything else, though, for real. (laughs) Um, Truthfully, I think, like, to answer the question, how many board wipes are too many? I mean, if there's a point in the game where you have five board wipes in your hand, there are too many in your deck. Because there's no point in a realistic game where board wiping that often is going to be valuable, is going to get you the return on the investment of the spell and the mana you put in a board wipe wrath of god is four mana it's not super expensive for a full wipe but a lot of the wipes these days like farewell and things like that that are really powerful and versatile are like five or six mana you know and like I'd rather drop like a fucking sun titan than board wipe a pseudo empty board it's just so
1: I'm so upset like (laughs) for
0: this player (laughs) (laughs) like
1: That is so much of what I don't like about magic that I just, just don't do this, kids. Don't run 10 board wipes. Do me a favor. Yeah. That's too
0: many. I think there are a couple spaces where running a lot of board wipes is okay. The first one is like, if you have... No friends and hate everyone, and <laughs> and want everyone to hate you. Yeah, you're right. That's
1: that's totally the the space in which I would find it to be okay. <laughs>
0: no, if you're, I was gonna say if you're playing a deck like uh, Zergo Helm Smasher, and wiping the board is your win con. You know, mm. like that that is appropriate. Like if you have like some huge beefy indestructible commander, and like wiping the board is a way for you to get through with commander damage and eventually show a win. Like that's super valid. Other board wipe strategies I think should be like more embraced by the community are like situational asymmetrical board wipes. Like a board wipe doesn't need to hit every single creature. Um, Honestly, if you're removing like five to six creatures, you're probably seeing a, a lot of return in value from that one spell. Yeah.
1: And like a big shift in, in power.
0: Yeah. There's this one old, black sorcery that uh used to be in a lot of the commander pre-cons and a lot of people like poo-pooed it and now i think it's actually really good looking back on it is hex hex is six mana and it says destroy six target creatures and Mm. generally speaking like that's all you kind of need unless you're going against a deck that's really going wide going crazy with tokens like being able to eliminate six creatures is like you know Maybe six is either usually
1: like a full board wipe of one person. Yeah. That's like a problem or it's like remove two value pieces from your opponents and like, yeah. Or three from two of them. Like
0: think about like austere command, which is like every creature above three CMC or whatever the fuck it is. You know, like you're probably only getting half the board anyways. I, I think some of those more situational wipes that leave your own board preserved are better, you know, like, My ideal board wipe is something that I can shape around my own board state to hurt others to some extent and not hurt myself at all versus fully knocking out their game plan, but also knocking out my own game plan at the same moment. Mm, For sure.
1: Yeah. Wow. What a, what a fucking deck. (laughs) It's really, it's really getting me. Like, I really can't believe (laughs) that somebody would run that many. And to your point, like, had them in hand, like you had all of them yeah. in hand and then you played all of them like.
0: Like if you have four, if you have three board wipes in hand, two of those are dead cards. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's no reason to have that many. Um, I don't know. I mean, that that just seems a little excessive to me to gosh dang it. To Hex point, feeling a little bit salty about not drawing the instant or sorcery. I mean, that just happens. But I think you're totally justified to feel salty coming against five board wipes. And honestly, they had the right, they had the right move. They stopped playing permanence after the third board wipe. It's like, why would you, you know? Yeah,
1: I find it. It's actually interesting. Like, I guess my last comment on like the board wipe side of it. I, I actually think I, I only run like one. It's pretty rare that I'll run two, I think these days, but I will run one only in decks that I have tutors in actually. And if I don't have tutors in a deck, I don't
0: run it. Interesting.
1: And it's mostly because like, I know I can go get it. And it's like, I have multiple copies of it uh, if I have a tutor, and it's like very situational, right? It's that one card that lives somewhere and I like find it if I need it. And then otherwise I, I personally run a lot more like protect my board things like, like fairy's protection type stuff yep. uh, or like heroic intervention. Like my permanents get indestructible. I run more of those types of effects cause I find them to be more versatile. Yeah. Um, I run those too. I've said this a million times. Border wipes are usually right to play when they're played, except on the second one in the second turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I just don't like those effects. And so if I can tutor it and I have like the right deck for it, I have it in there. But if I can't tutor it, I actually don't run them at all.
0: No, it's interesting you say that. Like I, I'm, I'm about to completely contradict what I was just saying. I've actually noticed recently in my Alesha deck, the board wipes that I do run have more often than not been dead cards in my hand. I run a couple things in that deck. I think I ha- might have an austere command. Um, and then I run something that kills everything with power three or more because it's an Alesha deck. So generally speaking, everything's got power two, right? But I've come into this situation where I have enough like anthems in the deck. Where every once in a while, that card comes to my hand and it's like, oh, this is kind of useless right now. Like, it's not Mm. gonna put me in a spot where I can really wipe without, like, really fucking over my board. And at that point, it's like uh, Wrath of God would be way more effective, you know? Yeah. And to that point, I run a lot of those indestructible effects and have a lot of things that are indestructible just in the deck. So being able to just do a hard wipe is probably better than, like, trying to dance around with this This asymmetrical wipe. Granted, I do still generally think that asymmetrical wipes are better, but you kind of made me rethink it by, you know, if you have like a certain density of things like Teferi's protection or Boros Charm or anything like that, you know, heroic intervention, having those effects in your deck probably allows you to have more of those just like unilateral wipes because the chances are that you can drop a wipe and protect your creatures and live through it, now it's sort of a pseudo win con, you know?
1: The other reason I say the tutor aspect of it, though, and only having one is because so much of the time they are dead cards in your hand and you don't want it. You only want it in like very specific scenarios, right? And so by having it indexed at tutor for things, then it's like, okay, I can get what I need when I need it. And otherwise the likelihood of me drawing it is just not that high right yeah um and so that's why i didn't do it that way
0: yeah no i i agree with that
1: as for the blue player part blue players are trash they can't even counter shit when you need them to counter it Like <laughs> <what> the fuck? <laughs> why are they even here yep
0: yeah. can't even protect you from five board wipes in a row what you didn't have five force of wills in your hand yeah come on <laughs> what uh what do you think about the soul rating here Dude, I would be very frustrated if I came up against five board wipes. Are you kidding me? I would have scooped at the third one.
1: Yeah, for sure. I would have been like done playing magic that night. I would yeah, have been I'd like, be like,
0: what are you doing? I'm dude. over it. I-, I think I would have just like really questioned the judgment of my opponent, you know? In yeah. a way, that was unkind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, enough that's another assault. Yeah. How you I- know I'd, salt. Be, I'd be full shaker with this one. Like, that sucks. <laughs> That really sucks. Love that. Well, is it that time of the week? It is that time of the week. It's my
1: fucking time of the week now, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is. It's that time of the week that we look forward to every week. Hey, hype, 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 hype. It's the time of the week where we say, Tony, what's the salty card of the week? What up? Do you I, have one ready? I do. Oh man. You're I've prepared, got a dude. spicy one ready. You're professional.
1: It's uh again, Mike curates I random number generate. Yeah, you just find <laughs> so some random jank. I've picked one, and by picked one. Google picked one for me. Uh <laughs> and so today we have on the menu smoke.
0: The salty card of the week. Yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? Were you saying oh, something?
1: Oh, um, yes. Uh, <laughs> smoke. See without Mike here, we'll like here, we'll just keep going. And then like, you're like, oh wait, what is it? Uh I was just so... waiting so
0: I could really maximize my interruption.
1: <laughs> it's uh so it's smoke, uh, red, red. It's an enchantment. Players can't untap more than one
0: creature during their untap steps. Oh, weird. It's like it's like winter orb, but for creatures. Yeah.
1: Huh. And it may or may not be on the list for my
0: deck. <laughs> that is a Stacks piece. You were like, it's only tax pieces. That is Stacks.
1: I know, but that's why I'm like, I'm probably not going to run it. But it was on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so how does this card make you feel, Sam?
0: Ah, it's interesting. It's Note that it'll impact whether or not it makes it into my list. Um, I mean, it. I think it would make me very salty, but... At the same time, I'm thinking through like my decks that I have, and I think a lot of them could play through it. Mm. Like it, it's frustrating. I think where it is most frustrating would be with um, creature ramp, uh, you know, mana dorks and things oh, like yeah, that. You sure. know, if you have like some lanowar elf creatures and, you know, that type of style of dork and you're tapping like three or four of them, like now you've lost a lot of ramp by having smoke out on the field. Um, If you're going wide and attacking with a bunch of creatures, it's also similar, but with combat, you kill that player, right? Yeah. I mean, with combat, like you can focus down this player who runs smoke or you've got vigilance, you've got reconnaissance, you know, there are all these different effects that allow you to not have to tap to attack or to do some tricks and get out of it. Mm. Um, You know, I think about like my combat decks that I run Alesha has some things to get through this with like reconnaissance, but with like only untapping one creature per turn. Fucking sweet, dude. I'm only attacking with Rafik, Anyways, I will untap that one creature per turn. (laughs) You know? So I, I think when you first read it, it's like, Oh fuck. Like this is a bad effect, but really it is more corner case than you think. It's not like a winter orb where it is universally fucking over everybody because it's hitting your main resource. It's really like, how are you using creatures in your deck? And do you even need to tap them to make use of them? Like a combo deck, like, you know, certain combo decks we run where creatures aren't tapping. Who cares? Like it's, that's not going to do much at all. But yeah. combat decks, like Nick's Giada deck is going to not like that. For sure. How do you feel about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. It It depends on what your deck is doing. I have lots of decks that would be really upset to see this and a bunch of decks that, like, literally wouldn't give a fuck. I think that the types of builds that you're going to see most frequently with this, in a go deck, you're forcing everyone to attack all the time, but then also making it so that their creatures can't untap. It gets to be annoying, because a lot of the decks that I like to build are tend to be ones where it's like, I'm not really attacking a ton. And so I'm more upset if I have to swing my creatures into stuff, Uh, And then if like on top of that, I can only untap some of them on the next turn. And I like can't even get the value out of them that I want to get. Yeah. It's a potent effect, but really mostly when it's coupled with other things, uh, which is the- Or against
0: like the right deck, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like- That's interesting with Goad, because like, I think I've talked about it before. I used to play a Marisi deck. I think it's still together, but I don't really run it anymore. And I need to have my creatures make contact with an opponent to Goad them. And it's smoke all players. It's it's symmetrical. It is.
1: It's players can't untap more than one creature during their untap steps. Yeah. So
0: like with Maurice, that's kind of fucking me over because I only have so many creatures to goad my opponents with. Um, and the other thing with goad effects, especially persistent ones, is like I want you to be untapping all of your creatures if possible. Like if I can goad all of your creatures, I want you untapping with all of them so you can do the maximum damage to my other opponents, if you're only untapping one, maybe I'm not getting that value out. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure.
1: So the uh some stats
0: on it. Yeah, yeah. Where where is this? Is this in the uh, the salty list, or is this truly of course It's on
1: the salty list. What do you fucking mean? Just All right, shoot, I'm shooting my shot into the dark of like I don't
0: know, man. I don't know your system. I'm guessing. I'm gonna say this is fifty-seven.
1: Interesting. Final guess. Yeah. You're trash. It's seventy nine, baby. What? Wow, really? Seventy nine. I thought it'd the be Google higher. overlords declared that it'd be seventy nine, and that's where it lands.
0: And Google is the best card search engine, isn't it? So yeah, much better than Scryfall. I mean, obviously,
1: like who even use like what is Scryfall? Like My, uh, Mike what is, is hearing
0: that? this episode and just crying.
1: cringing. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to
0: to see his editing notes where he'll <laughs> yeah. be so mad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> honestly i think the best thing about this card is it's like kind of wonky art it's I like have to look it up this dude like i can't tell if i think he's generating lightning which is then generating smoke is what it kind of looks like that or he just got struck by lightning and there's smoke like around him so it's like kind of know. like Some weird jaggy stuff, but also looks like he like either jumped like anime style up real high or is like maybe flying because it's got like some like fly lines, as I'll call them.
0: (laughs) Or at least I think there's a bunch of different versions. And by a bunch, I mean, two. There's only one real version. Oh, yeah. Like what is happening
1: in that art? Yeah. I'm like, what's going on? But it looks kind of cool and like mysterious, but I don't really get smoke hat on.
0: Yeah. Like a little pointy gnome hat. Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. <laughs> so that's, that's it. That's the salted card,
0: baby. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see this being good in the right deck. If you don't really give a shit about tapping, I mean, it becomes pretty good. It's interesting. I wonder if this has any like CDH implications of like shutting down dorks and stuff like that. It's probably I not it good could. enough.
1: I, I, I think that's the problem with it, that it's not good enough yeah uh because on a lot of those CDH decks even if it like you're like whatever i i tapped the lantern war elves this turn i it would it would hurt like salvalla probably the most which is s tier yeah. so like everyone should start running it <laughs> but i think outside of that like a lot of them are more the super dorks and if they're running super dorks a lot of times they've got other untapped shenanigans stuff going on um and yeah. so like, and even if you're only untapping your one super dork, you're still like, fine. I still have my one super dork. Like it won't impact them enough, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. It doesn't seem like that big of, of an impact.
1: Like why um, run that instead of cursed totem or whatever? Is that the thing that like cuts off all abilities? Yeah, exactly. Like if you really want to like stop creature
0: and, dorks, you just run cursed totem.
1: Yeah. Which is also colorless mana. Like there's just like, there's better yeah. options. Two what
0: red pips for smoke too. is, is a little heavy yeah. of a cost.
1: Yeah, I bet there's some version of a goto deck somewhere in the world that like maybe ran this at some point in time. But
0: yeah, I mean, uh, truthfully, after talking about it, I don't think it would be that bad to face. I think it would be like inconvenient, but not like game breaking.
1: Yeah, not oppressive, not game breaking. Like...
0: Unless you had a deck that really needed to go wide, but even then, you could just wait until the right moment and then swing out with all your shit. Like if yeah. you're swinging out every single turn. Well, you have to shift your strategy, but if you just need one big turn with like a crater hoof, you just wait and your creatures yeah. are still untapped, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, thanks, Tony. Hey, that was a lovely, salty card. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, our prospectors out there for tuning in to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine. If you want more Howling Salt Mine content, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash howlingsaltmine. We have two tiers. You can get in at the $3 and get access to our Discord and that warm, fuzzy feeling in your heart that you are supporting a podcast you love. Or come in at the $7 tier and become a member of our Salt Council uh, where we, you know, pose questions about, like, the growth of the podcast merchandise stuff like that and uh, you also get access to additional episodes every single month and you know we have a lot of goals with patreon and we're just doing this podcast really as a hobby so having all of that stuff helps cover our expenses helps improve the quality of the podcast and helps us reach some of our long-term goals with the growth of the podcast if you want to have one of your questions uh one of your salty stories or one of your salty confessionals Featured on a future episode, shoot us a message, a DM, or an email. You can hit us up on any of our social media. We're at The Howling Salt Mine on both Instagram and Reddit. We are at Howling Salt Mine on Twitter. Uh, we couldn't get the T H E. And our Gmail is TheHowlingSaltMine at gmail.com. Um, as always, we ask you to keep those stories short, sweet, and to the salt. You know, we love to have a backlog of episodes. Fill us up as much as you can. If you got a funny moment that happens during a game, just like take some notes in your phone or something like that and, and shoot it over to us later on. Uh, we love to read them and we love to read them on the show.
1: And nothing's better than like fresh recorded salt.
0: Uh, it's the best. When you're like really <laughs> angry in the yeah. moment, it's in super
1: that strange. moment then and there, you let your rage fly and yeah. it's nice. Let it flow through you. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, if you still want to support us, but you're unable to join the Patreon right now, One of the best things you can do is give us a five-star rating in whatever podcast app you're listening in Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast, whatever five-star reviews, make your podcast more visible. uh, So people can actually find us in the wild. And lastly, got to give a shout out to our amazing podcast artist, JD Burnett. If you are ever in Asheville, North Carolina, go hit up Devin Burnett and get a tattoo from this guy. He's a fantastic artist blessed us with this beautiful art and he's just a cool all-around dude hell yeah as always stay salty and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step it's the howling song And the post Ooh. title is understanding players. You're not going to upvote them? Oh, yeah. And if that you guys that user. See...
1: Fuck them. If you see them, fuck them.
0: <laughs> you see them, fucking report them <laughs> yeah. and get them banned. <laughs> My computer's being weird. Trash. It, dude, it is. It's like nearing trash status. <laughs> when, when the Zoom camera wasn't working, I was like, oh my God, is this the day that the computer stops working? <laughs> it was like overheating too. It's like, holy shit. Oh, damn, boy. If you guys want to have, uh, let me say that again.
1: If you guys want to have if you a. Guys want a to be, have, uh, if you want uh, this. Uh, 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 excuse me. If you want to have some fun on our Patreon, a, please, please have come send us. <laughs> Simp us (laughs) hard, please. Thank you. Yeah, please simp us on our Patreon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you're not, we're going to kick you out.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) Am I going to (laughs) burp? Oh <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> does
1: anyone comment and it it's like this is gross? Or no one ever like, does. this is funny. No
0: one ever comments about the burps. Does and, they comment mean, about they anything?
1: Like I feel like that, No, that, people just love the, real
0: They think they're funny and they love it. The, yeah. the only comment we ever got about like a blooper was somebody saying uh was a bunch of people talking about how we called them crusty dicklings. <laughs> <laughs> That one episode Dude, we were like, hashtag what do we call bring our fans? back crusty <laughs> dicklings. We we're like prospectors, fucking cocksuckers. Crusty <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> dicklings. dicklings.
1: I'm bringing it back. I'm gonna I'm gonna find yeah. a way to slip it back into every episode.
0: I feel like we have all these inside jokes and we like fail to repeat them. Yeah, like even <laughs> prospectors, I'm bad at saying. You know, yeah. I life. need like a like a page up that just has like funny jokes we've mentioned. Oh, you mean like an outline or something like? Just like a like a like a reminder board page. that has like a reminders on it yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's what we need at the howling's All mine a fucking vision board <laughs> <laughs>